Kat McKenna. Hey. Has worked in the UK publishing industry for almost 15 years, specializing in children's and teen YA marketing and brand strategy. Kate now delivers exciting and audience-driven marketing campaigns to most of the major publishers as a freelancer, working on brands including World Book Day, Jacqueline Wilson, Super Tato, and more as an early innovator of digital and social media in the industry cat continues to drive the latest trends in children's and teen book marketing welcome to the bibliophile thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure so i learned about you from an article in the guardian from last june written by alison flood and the way that article kicks off is young TikTok users are sharing their passion for books with millions, bringing titles they love to life online and reshaping the publishing world all in under a minute. So uh, how do they share their passion then? Well, it's very interesting. Um, and as you kindly said in that lovely introduction, um, I have worked in teen publishing as a real expertise of mine for, for nearly, nearly 15 years, which is crazy. Um, and have always seen that young people have got a real propensity to want to talk about the things that they love, whether they be books, whether they be films, whether it's whatever it is, they always are some of the most vocal audience and, and very specialist actually as a marketer it's you know I think it's quite a specialism to understand how teens are thinking because they don't often know how they're thinking themselves so TikTok is is such an interesting one because over the years we've seen this happen across lots of platforms books aren't always the center of attention interestingly it's often quite hard to get teens to to be excited about books because there's so many other things increasingly more things for them to be distracted by and you know often seen much more interesting things um such as youtube in the last sort of you know five to ten years on tiktok what they're doing essentially and i i can't stress enough how amazing that community is on on there it's called they call it book talk um it's quite a simple construction of tiktok communities it's always something talk but book talk has just sort of been in its own little part of TikTok really and the way that they are they I think it can be anything from talking about this book that they read for as you say up to 60 seconds which is the length of a TikTok at the moment I think they're expanding it soon it could be pulling together a load of visuals that almost act as a trailer for a book which I think is one of the most innovative things that young people have been doing on there because again it brings what could be seemingly boring pages on a you know words on a page to life for these young very visual people um they are often categorizing books in really specific ways which I think we can talk about a little bit more in detail down the line um essentially they're just screaming and shouting and crying over um <laughs> books in really they're emoting words. yeah they are emoting hard and everyone's <laughs> loving it <laughs> including us who owns tiktok do you know what yeah. I actually don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. It's not Elon Musk yet. Um, I don't no, know the I, answer to that question. I uh, 
I know Trump was going on about how it was Chinese, I think. He was. Trump says a lot of things. I I th- I believe there is some sort of accuracy to that. At, at the moment, I believe it's independent in, in the way that it's not owned yet by Facebook or, you know, no or Google haven't come along and swept it up. I assume it will only be a matter of time. But at the moment, it seems to be acting quite um, independently. And I yeah. also have as a marketer have actually had a lot of trouble getting in touch with the guys at TikTok very keen to speak to them um, yes but I they're kind of I my understanding is they are letting the platform do what it does much in the way that places like YouTube do actually they kind of don't seem to be taking a huge amount of directive responsibility um or input into what's on there yeah I'm gonna have to look into that and put that in the mouth in the notes to this I think yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to Google it as well. I should have done that. Before. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the, the article, the Guardian article, uh, then looks at some of some specific examples. There's Kate, Kate Wilson, who posted in August 2020, a series of quotes from books she'd read, quote, that say I love you without actually saying I love you with a melancholy soundtrack wilson holds up copies of the books with quotes superimposed over them you know it's funny when i when i saw these these examples that you sent me and i'll again i'll put them in the book notes i just thought of rupi kaur the 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 uh, the poet you know mm-hmm. the instagram poet yeah i don't think they're particularly good but then again you know i'm a an old white male but boy do they ever hit these are poems that that are you know almost overly sentimental and yeah. but they hit some kind of chord some kind of need I think that's right and I think what TikTok does really well or the users creating content on there and actually your online poets people like Rupi Kaur people like Brian Bilston who is another amazing poet who has taken to the very visual world more so Instagram I would say for this kind of poetry thing it's it's using this kind of human instinct online to want to share something very um it's almost like a protein shot of feeling very yeah. strong very kind of whoa here I am um yeah but your immediate instinct is that it, it it makes you feel something, as you say, and then you want to share that with with your friends and your your followers. And it's it's I don't know about how much you use social media, but I use it a lot, being as it's my job. And it's almost really difficult to explain what happens in your brain at that time. It's very instinctive. Mm-hmm. It's very like, oh, this is cool. This has impacted me. Must share it to my Instagram stories so that the world see it. But you don't. You know, we're not influencing people as you know professionals do, but we want to share it. And I think TikTok is the best of that. And it kind of takes the best of a lot of platforms over the years. You know, you can really see how it is a product of, you know, where YouTube started with long form video and that had its home. And then Instagram gave you something much shorter and snappier our attention spans are getting lower and lower every year. We know that's true. We know that we're... Which is ironic, seeing as they're pushing books. Well, and it's and this is a really interesting thing because what, what I was going to come on to say was, you know, YouTube was a long-form video and still is a long-form platform and we were watching 45-minute vlogs of people that, you know, we don't know. Um, and Instagram was saying, 
oh, you don't need to pay that much attention is, you know, just look at this really short, you know, this one image. I think what TikTok does remarkably well is it serves you short content, but it keeps you there for hours. <laughs> so it's almost the best of both worlds. And I why think does it, why does it keep you there for hours? Because the algorithm is so good <laughs> that it, it just knows what you want to see. So I don't know how familiar you or your audience are with TikTok, but essentially you open it up and it serves you with a video straight away. And I found that really um, annoying the first time I opened it. So yeah. I, like, oh, I don't want to see, I don't want to be overwhelmed by, you know, content the second that I open an app, uh, that's gone now. And essentially, you know, you can just scroll through, I'm making a scrolling motion and um, go hop from video to video to video. And, you know, really doesn't ask you to be reliant on search as a function of that app, really, you can. But the, the best way I have browsed it is just by scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. And the more you use it, the more sophisticated it is in terms of knowing exactly what you want to see. And mm. I think that's probably the most impressive thing about it. it. I mean, I could be on there for two, three hours at a time, just looking at book videos, cat videos, Taylor Swift videos. Um, it knows me so well now. Some people wow. would say that's slightly scary, but I think yeah. that to the your point about why books then is I just think that it's, I think that teens today and young people have a lot of feelings. They are very much looking i think for genuine connection yes well aren't and we all aren't we all we all are i think that you know i think that social media has gone through a lot of phases and i think the first the first generation who i think you would say would be generation gen z who had social media from a young age are probably the most that will suffer at the hands of it because it was a little bit harder to kind of what's the word to to I guess navigate through it safely now this new gen who we call gen alpha who are activists they know what they want they want reality they want authenticity and TikTok offers this complete authenticity at the moment in my opinion um and I think just like these kids who are just sitting there and they're finding a book that they love and they're going on their phones and they're telling you how much they love it. And you're watching them like a real trend on TikTok that in the book world that has existed, I'd say since it became popular is books that make you cry. Yes. Yes. I was going to say cry. And then obviously love is a big one too, like heartbreak and feels we would call that feels in the, yes, in the okay. scene. and I think because that's so authentic and so real and you know we both love books and you know how it feels when you finish a book that you love and how desperately you want to tell people about that times yeah. that by a million percent because you're a teenager and you love things harder than anyone does mm, I think the mm. re the realness of going onto a platform and just like crying like ugly crying over a book really connects to young people who might not have considered reading as a thing they would want to do. And as a marketer, that feeling is something that, you know, I've wanted to bottle up for 15 years. Yes, but the problem is, I think, though, is at some point the, the marketers, the publishers get in and they, they, they're basically going to pay you to cry. So how authentic wow. is that? 
Well, I would challenge that in previous times, the approach to marketing on social media platforms has been to get in touch with these influencers, pay them and say, you know, we know you love books. Can you talk about our book? And they say, yes. I feel at this present time that TikTok is currently untouched for the most part by that. And my recommendation that I am making to every publisher, marketer, that asks me about this is like leave well alone and work out how to make the most of the organic buzz that your book is having. Organic quickly becomes sort of crowded and everyone's doing it and and it becomes very difficult to weed out the genuine from that. I, I think you're absolutely right in every other instance, but there's something very special about the TikTok because the TikTok, the TikTok community, because I, what I would say to you is that never in my whole career have I seen a platform be able to sell as many books organically mm. as TikTok. They both how do you how do you make that direct connection? Because you can, well, because what started happening, so every week publishers will see what you call um, TCM, so it's essentially the book chart with sales numbers. What started happening was all these books that were what we would call backlist, so books that aren't new, were suddenly selling thousands of copies. So They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera is a very good example. That book is, I think, five years old and is very, very good and is a book that makes you cry. Has a very easy pitch, I think. I think the title really helps. Um, but that book was selling 4,000 copies a week, every week, for no reason. And so you start going, wait a minute. And, and you know, obviously they connect the dots to TikTok and then, you know, everything starts to have this TikTok. How, how do they connect the dot? Because you see the sales and you know that nothing else is going on. Because, because you know, publishers... I think, yeah, I can't speak for every publisher, but you don't spend your time promoting older books. You might do a post about it on your Instagram, but you know that wouldn't sell. <laughs> You'd hope, you wish that it would. Right. So, so I think that this phenomena of suddenly, and again, I've, I've worked on YA, young adult books for many years and yeah. really understand the trends. And the trend is normally, it's normally a film that comes out. So John Green, The Hunger Games. Twilight all of those things did really incredibly well because of the films and then typically off the back of that you'll get a trend that you know everyone will then start doing every werewolf book every you know if I've worked on fallen angel books werewolf books vampire books you know around that twilight period and they will do well as well but it's like incredibly uncommon that some book out of the blue would just start picking up numbers yeah. for the reason so then okay. you go online and you go oh tiktok and then you can see you know the evidence is right there so it's it's very much that that is driving the sales. And my feeling instinctively is to not barrel in there as a marketer and try to, you know, pay these people to talk about things because actually what they're doing, the reason the things are selling is because they're genuinely promoting incredible books that they love and then everyone else is reading it. Well, it looks genuine at this point. If you'll allow me to go on a slight tangent, which is TikTok related, the best comparison I can make to this is beauty products. So famously, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok is very good at selling a foundation or a lipstick or a beauty brand. So like at the height of YouTube, when Zoella was, you know, online in her bedroom, millions of subscribers, and she would say, I bought this 
benefit lipstick and um we would all go and buy it because so ella said it was good now that's 100 happening on tiktok too people are like look at this crazy foundation that covers up everything on my face but it's working with books now as well so people are taking an influencer at their face value that this book so so to continue on that tangent I think you might have five or six beauty products that would be selling. And now we have six, seven, eight books that are selling. And it's really not many more than that. It seems to go in these waves of, so So I think it's sort of, books have always been a product and they've always been there to buy, but I don't think people have always felt that that was the way that they wanted to spend their limited allowance. And now they've got these people saying, go and buy a blusher but also this book made me cry till I was sick and then they're like I'll go and pick that up too and that and that is just it's a phenomena that is yeah I just I personally don't think we should be wading in there and trying too hard to to make yeah our you'll choke the golden goose then yeah like like if you're if you you need to be as a publisher you need to be on tiktok you need to see when your book starts to pick up and then you need to make the most of it that way. And I think you can do a lot more. You could sell 4,000 copies a week or you could sell 20,000 copies a week, you know, and that's... I th- so how, do, I think, how do you make, how do you go from there then? How do you jump, make that jump? Well, so you would, I mean, 20,000 is a number I've pulled out of the dark. Again, we all wish we could sell 20,000 yes, copies. Yes. But it's about, so like my expertise is in audience marketing and it's about knowing when you, I suppose like, you know, book budgets are never huge. So you've always no. got, certainly not in children's publishing. So you always have to be quite, um, I guess, calculated and, and kind of considered about how you're going to spend your budget. And I found over the years that going out to every single person doesn't work across a limited budget, but identifying that one audience and telling them about it. You don't make them. You, you try and encourage people to make them, right? You said that it goes, you know, it, it might go from 4,000 to 20,000. So you're a publisher, you start seeing it, your numbers going up. Do you do anything? Like, what do you do? So what I'm saying is, so if you have a, an audience, a captive audience on TikTok that are already making waves about your book, you then say, what's the next um level of that audience how can we take this smaller audience and take what they are enjoying about it and broaden it out so rather than say I'm going to pull more money into TikTok where it's already working you would then say oh no we've got some noise here where else can we put our budget you know where else can we spend money to I'm being really transparent with you to, to make more people hear about it. Because once you've got a little bit of buzz, you can turn yeah. that into more buzz. So but what would you do? Like, what would you do then? Where would you spend it? Oh, I mean, it depends on the book, but in, a, in YA terms, you might do more digital advertising and know that you've kind of got a bit of an audience there, but you might start talking to people on Snapchat instead or Instagram or you know, you can do all kinds of very clever, very scary <laughs> digital marketing these days, but we all see it follow us around. And, you know, you've got to be mindful that people don't want to be annoyed. But like my general rule of three is my general rule as a marketer is the rule of three, which is that if you see something three times, you're much more inclined to buy it. So 
you're going to see it on TikTok because people are going to talk about it. So then why do you need to advertise there is my, is my argument. And I would never have said that about any other platform, you know, a couple of years ago, but I truly think the noise on TikTok is enough that you then want to nurture that noise in, in other platforms. You could, but you could also try and nurture it in bookshops and, you know, try and work closely with booksellers and, do you promote the fact that it's doing well on TikTok? Like, did you just yeah. to say to booksellers, hey, this is really hot on? I think if you walked into any bookshop in any part of the Western world now, you would see a table that has the um, oh. header, TikTok made me buy it. On Amazon, every YA book that has had a snifter <laughs> of TikTok will have a thing saying TikTok made me buy it. And it's really interesting. And I think it's this is something that I feel is becoming overused already. Yes. Because people are like, oh, someone did a post on TikTok. Let's quickly put, you know, and and I think publishers are trying really hard to work out how to, you know, how to maximize this now I mean publishers are often slower than the trends so they which is what I said to you when we got onto this call I'm suddenly getting loads of emails from people a year after I did that Guardian interview yes yes. oh TikTok yes we've (laughs) learned a new word how do we sell books by it and then it's something that I'm still you know I said again to you earlier like I'm still trying to work it out too it's a very new young platform it's very uncharted by cynical markers marketers at this point um publishers are just trying to figure out how they can be on tiktok as publishers they're using a lot of you know it's not that you're reinventing the wheel necessarily you're just trying to adapt it to this new technology so for example uh, this one tiktoker book talker i loved this she she takes her these three beautiful quotes you you have been the last dream of my soul that's from tale of two cities whatever our souls are made of and his uh, his whatever our souls are made of his and mine are the same mm-hmm. heights every atom of your flesh is as dear to me as my own that's jane now these are as you say this is backlist here but that's what we do. Like I know that's exactly what I do when I read a book. I look for this stuff and yeah. uh, revel in it. And I like to share it because I want other people to get the same enjoyment out of these quotes that I do. Exactly. It's exactly that. It's, you know, it's sort of almost like us mega book nerds who have been doing this for years. And we used to, you know, I used to write quotes on, you know, my notebook and fill them up with book quotes and song lyrics and, if I had an outlet to do that and think that I was sharing it with other people online, I would have done that as a young person. And if I had time to do it now, I probably would. But it's, you know, it's a it's a certainly social media and posting on there. And certainly with TikTok, it's a it's a task for those who have lots of time to, yeah. to commit to it or, or right. who feel that they want to. Because this is the other thing about young people. And I I love working alongside young people and speaking to them as a marketer because they're so excited and passionate about things and TikTok is really the best way for for that expression to to come out I think and normally I think book people have been kind of quiet and you know shy I think you know there's a lot of anxiety in young people and reading can often be a real home and sense of comfort for them 
but for them to be able to be on TikTok and also to be able to be faceless on TikTok, I don't know if you noticed that as well, but it, no. you don't have to have your face on. To, you know, a lot of this book stuff is just showing the books or your hands or yes. using this kind of trendy automated voice thing that TikTok does a lot. Um, so you can be quite anonymous on there, I think. And I, I wonder if that is something I'm just thinking this now as I'm saying it, if that appeals to young people as well. You can be a book yeah. nerd, you have to show your face. Young women, we should add. Certainly. For the most part, yeah. There's a few yeah. young men doing it, but it is, as with all, again, all YA, all book trends in the young way, the uh, young adult sphere is often women. <laughs> yes. For whatever reason. Well, I don't know if it was you that called it wholesome or or someone else in the article. Wholesome. That's what how it was described. Wholesome. It is wholesome. I can't remember if it was me either, but it is... It certainly is wholesome and it's, as I say, it's authentic and it's real and it, it's something that, again, like another expertise of mine is is fandom and, and you know, the, the nature of being a super fan and, and how that makes people feel. And I think TikTok yeah. has become a really accessible way of of fan expression and yeah and now everyone else is getting into it as well it's really exciting it really excites me I mean I, th- I don't know if you have heard of Heartstopper um which no. came out so Heartstopper is a graphic novel series by an amazing um young British author called Alice Oseman and that has been a series that's been on the underground fandom for years and Netflix have just released a a series a a one series of it um, I think it's like an eight-part series that came out this weekend and the noise around it oh my goodness it is so exciting I watched it all in one go it's absolutely incredible I can't recommend it enough I won't be there for adults as well as kids oh yeah it's just wonderful it's it's just this affirming you know love love story of two young um, gay teenage boys in the UK. Oh yes, I did see something on that. And the and again, like I think, I mean, Alice has had her own, you know, fandom for for years because these books aren't new. Netflix obviously helps it to take over a certain, you know, to the next level. But I think this online noise and this ability that these young people have on TikTok now to just go on there and be like, ah, you know. <laughs> it's it's just pushed it over the line and you know she's going to be a number one bestseller next week um and is this week in fact but more so next week and it's it's so exciting to see to see those things where you know that there's this genuine fan base there well and especially when the content is good oh 100 yeah I mean of course and this is the other thing everything is just there's such good quality coming out of of the books that that these people love you know it's they're they're all brilliant books and they're varied. And again, I've got to give a shout out to you, what you say, UKYA, you know, UK young adult books, because they don't always break through into, into the global sphere in the same way that, as I say, things like Twilight and John Green. Yeah. Done. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's just such a good example of, you know, how these kind of really passionate young people can love something, you know, and then, and then they love it enough so that we get to see it and then we get to love it. <laughs> You know, yes, you yes. Know, well, again, it. it's word of mouth that's delivered in interesting new ways. Uh, it's also what, what I like is that it's there's it's creative. And I'm not exactly sure how they make these things. Uh, how do they make them? Oh, 
it's hard work and this is the the thing about i think any kind of digital um platform and maintaining it and and being an influencer you know i think it's become quite a throwaway job title and some of it is don't get me wrong like some of it's trash and you know yeah. there are people doing not very much and earning lots of money but actually to create really good content is hard and with tiktok i mean i i don't make tiktoks because i am I, as we say, I don't have time, but you know, it's, it's a case of filming. And I, th- I do believe the app gives you a very easy way to kind of cut together your clips and, you know, to put things on top of it. And their sound bank is enormous, I believe, and has become another part of the platform that I think is really fascinating that sounds have become a trend on there too. So it's not it's not just hashtags. It's not just what you're talking about. It's it's the sound that you associate it with. It's like a jingle almost, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And there's so there's certain songs that I'm sure you know. If you were to speak to people in the music industry, I'm sure they'd be going, "God, that Pharrell song is just you know is doing numbers because of TikTok." It is fascinating, and it's now moved yeah. into this thing where you get these TikTokers who are they might say something funny and then people will uh, like lift that sound and then apply it to 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 whatever community they're part of and I think that's quite interesting as well but it it also means that people can play on other trends so like when um Taylor's is such a TikToky thing to say when Taylor Swift re-released her Red album and released a 10 minute version of a very old song that caught fire and everyone suddenly started listening to you then I think people were like oh we can attribute this sound on TikTok because people ex- are excited by that song and if I can get them searching for that they might see my TikTok so there's all kinds of search function that can kind of boost you into you know getting more views and more awareness it's very fascinating yeah again I really like this idea that the creators you know, when they create the content and then they post it, I think you can be proud of having created. It's yeah. we are put on earth to create. And this is a way of doing that. And if you're if you're a person or a young person who is inclined towards creativity, that TikTok also rewards quantity as well. So you could be posting three times a day, these really creative and really well thought out. Yeah. If you've read a hundred books, you could find three quotes from every book that you love and put a soundtrack to it and share it with the world and put it out. And, you know, you'd be rewarded by that. And I think the other thing that's interesting is TikTok is not yet, um, it's not yet kind of rewarding in a monetary way. So actually you can't make a lot of money from doing TikTok. So I don't think anyone's going in there thinking I'll be rich they're thinking, I just love John Green and I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree. They are getting rich on Instagram though, aren't they? I believe so. I believe there is an yeah, there I, is a hunger to be and I think a lot of that is through advert, you know, ads now. It's become very uh, hasn't it? To to when you start to get a certain following to be paid to advertise as you yeah. said earlier. Um, and you can make a decent amount of money with not a big following. And I think some very clever person made micro influencers a thing, which means you've got, you know, at most probably 20K followers and you can make a good bit of money from being a micro influencer as well. But I think that the young community, these alpha gen, these activists, these people who, you know, these... It's fascinating. These young people grow up knowing that brands are brands and knowing that they're being marketed to. 
And that is something that I would say is very unique to this new generation because they've seen it online, right? Every single day of their (laughs) young lives. So they don't mind that they're being advertised to, but I think they are empowered to choose not to engage with it. And I think that's why a lot of younger people are not interested in Instagram anymore because it's become an advertising service. And I think Mm. they see through that. Not entirely. I think there are still people, you know, who are very much young teens influenced by their favorite teen Instagrammer. But I think TikTok gives me a lot of faith in the young generation because I think actually they're saying, we don't mind if you tell us what we should love, but we might not listen to you. We might listen to our TikTok friends instead or yeah, this person on TikTok who's telling me stuff and I know they're not profiting from it. Well, so many of these people on Instagram, it's all they give a shit about is money. They just want to get an audience so they can make money. It's kind of pathetic. And some of the stuff, like a lot of the stuff up there is just ridiculous. It's people faces or moving their, moving their arms to music. It's like, there's no talent. I think, I think you have, I think to, to offer a slightly more generous perception of it, you know, and and a lot of people would hold your view absolutely Uh, to be, to be more empathetic to that young generation I think that there was a period of time when it was seen as very aspirational to be an influencer because it was quite new um, and then nobody actually knows what that is and I think it's de-skilled those young people who have their whole job is influencing and then I think from what I can see and as a person who does follow you know a lot of these original YouTubers and influencers, I think they just are directionless and I don't think they know how to do anything else. And so they have to take ads because that's how they make their money. And it is sad because they don't have a skill and what is, I'm sure they would have had a skill if they hadn't been that very young generation of, I think being an influencer is aspirational. Yes. And and I, I think that we've moved on from a culture where, like, I don't think this next generation think to be an influencer is aspirational. I see a lot of, you know, uh, I want to be famous. I just want to be famous. Maybe that's changing. Maybe this generation isn't quite like that. I hope so. I mean, that, that's I continue to have faith in in young people. And I think that. Yes, I, I don't want to come across like I don't have. <laughs> I think there's a I think, unfortunately, there's a lie that has been sold that being an influencer is a very gratifying and um you know monetarily gratifying but also emotionally gratifying thing to do and I think that's not the case and I think and I'm thinking I'm thinking of these sort of 20 young 20 something year old influencers who all to me the ones I see they seem very lost and and also what is really interesting and this is a whole other conversation is you know that that cancel culture I'm using uh like quotey fingers um is is so much more prevalent now so if you're an influencer now you're not only probably feeling slightly disenchanted by what you're doing but you're also people are waiting for you to do something wrong and there are horrible forums online who are looking (laughs) for the thing that you've done wrong so I think that yeah I I see I see it so this gen alpha who I'm saying are like sort of eight nine ten years old now I think they'll be having a way with all of that and saying, no, 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 we don't want. Bringing it back to uh, to publishing, one of the you know one yeah. of the things, of course, is that you know if you see this lovely sort of emotional, 
inspiring music, images, quotes. It is, I guess, creating uh, more readers. Yes, that's right? and that's the, the sweet spot. That's what every publisher wants. Every person, yes, every person in their heart wants. Every book lover wants people to love books. But you know, you you could you almost don't need to market to the people who love books because no, they love books. What we want is for people to discover reading. And I spent the last two years working on World Book Day as a campaign, and there are yeah. 400,000 children in the UK still who don't own a book of their own, mm. which is a very astonishing and sad statistic. And that's not just, that's obviously not teenagers, that's that's every you know child age group. But, you yeah. know, we want people to discover reading and books because it's good for people to read it. It's proven to create success in the future. It, we know it's good for people's mental health. I think, I think this is another thing that's very interesting is that young people are very aware of their mental health and their needs and their identity and you know a pastime such as reading we know is great for anxiety and and your mental health and I think that's something that people are discovering but yeah it's it's, a, it's definitely creating new readers and I hope that we can keep them and get them to be discovering more books but I, I the good thing about TikTok again it being so prolific is that there's people talking about you know different books on there every day if if you are so inclined Plus the smell of books. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, isn't that funny? So this is a, a TikTok that actually I will be very transparent. A friend of mine runs a uh, hockey books in the UK. She, she used to work, um, not for me, but, you know, she used to work under yeah. me. Um, and now she is running a TikTok page. Her name's Emma um, for hockey books in the UK and and does these incredible little TikToks about why does a book smell like this? Here's something interesting. Yes. And it's, and yes. it is interesting, isn't it? Like, you're like, I, it I, is. Wanted, I didn't know I wanted to know this, but I did want to know it. I'll give it a like. And yeah, yes. there's some great yeah. stuff in there. She also talks a lot about um, how to get in publishing and different jobs in publishing and, and kind of demystifies some of those, some of those interesting things that book fans are interested in. So like, why did you change the cover halfway through my favorite series? I know there's like, she's yeah. done on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what it's doing? It's, I mean, first of all, it's using popular music. It's capitalizing on the work that the dust jacket designers have done. The publishers invested that because they, they, that's exactly what they want. They want the, the visual to attention and interest uh, I was, there was also one you sent me about um, great first lines. And again, that's mm-hmm. what you do when you go to a bookstore. You go in and you look at the book and you read yeah. the first page. And imagine if you don't feel like you belong in a bookshop. Because bookshops are quite intimidating places if you're mm-hmm. not a booky person. I, I certainly something over here that I don't think that every young person wants to walk into a Waterstones. I think it feels quite middle class and book reading could be seen as quite elitist in some ways if you don't know what book you want to read how where do you start and actually yeah, Amazon's yeah. not very good at I mean Amazon is obviously a dirty word in you know in some in some circles in the book community but it does sell books and it does work but that's impossible to browse so if you have someone online telling you these first lines and they grip you and you're like I'm gonna go and buy that and actually one of my friends she wasn't much of a reader until Fifty Shades of Grey came out. I mean, this is the classic word of mouth marketing all over again. She read Fifty Shades of Grey because everyone read Fifty Shades of Grey. 
she read Fifty Shades of Grey and then she said to me, Kat, you work in books. What should I read next? I don't know what's out. And I was like, right, let me direct you to all the books that are nothing like Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. make you a permanent reader. You know, yeah, like, yeah, go yeah. and read The Time Traveler's Wife. Go and read, you know, those, like, absolute, like, bangers that you just know someone's going to love. So right, right. I think TikTok offers that kind of opportunity to those people who might not be confident enough to go into a bookshop, which probably feels a very foreign concept to those of us who are. One of the things I like too is that, you know, okay, these are these are very cool uh, images and, and music, etc. And people who are cool are talking about it. But there's this, I want to be cool as well. I want to be part of the zeitgeist. I, I better read the book that everyone's talking about. Otherwise, I'm not going to be cool. And books have never been cool. This is what I'm so excited about with TikTok is it's, it's made people think books are cool and books are super, yeah. like books are cool. I obviously think that, but no young person, you know, we've, we've never been able to get to that magical thing of people being like, yes, books are cool. And I think TikTok right. made books very cool in this. And as you say, this visual trick of almost creating trailers for, for books. And I mean, I work on a series called The Inheritance Games, which is done incredibly well on TikTok um, without much effort from me, I should say. Like we've just, you know, you've been able to use that as a really helpful um, tool. But, you know, someone, we, what we would say as a publisher is the Inheritance Games is like Succession meets Riverdale meets Gossip Girl. Like that's what we yes. would say. But yes. for someone, for some clever young person to go online and actually put together clips that, show someone that and then put a Billie Eilish song over the top of it that's from yes. a Bond song that helps a young person who might just be like oh obviously this book is not like Gossip Girl I'm just gonna go and watch Gossip Girl they can see that maybe this book is like that and that and they can visualize it and then they think right I'll go and give it a read because someone has opened my brain to a new way of thinking and again this is what I was talking about at the beginning that you know, publishers are fighting with so many other stimuli, especially with young people who could watch a film or they could go on YouTube or they could get in, they're into gaming. They've got so much more visual stimulation around them that yeah. it's louder than books are. You know, it just is, it just speaks to them more immediately. So I think if young people are turning to TikTok and, and giving books the space that they deserve, then that is very exciting. Yeah, it's kind of a visceral reaction, isn't it? The, this is what they're conveying uh, rather than any yeah. sort of written, written review. It, well, yes, the other yes. thing, too, is that I guess what kids are looking for, uh, many of them, is some kind of catharsis in what they read. So, again, it's capturing all of that. And as well, I think the pandemic has been hugely, um, not influential, that's an awful word to use. I think it's been, I think a pandemic has created a consequence yeah. where young people are inside and alone yeah. and sad and anxious I mean we all certainly were so I, th I think TikTokers and BookTok and books have given them this this uh, outlet for that and as you say the catharsis of and I think that's why books that make you cry has been such a big trend because you know books do make people cry and books have made me cry for many years but I think some people might not 
think that was an outlet they could use and maybe a book I keep having that quiet space and as you say that mental health time with a book and and seeing someone tell you that that's that's something that's going to make you feel calmer and happier I think I think that's probably been part of it too and obviously we were all stuck at home and had nothing to do so I think we were on our phones more so I think TikTok kind of came along at a time where we all needed it even (laughs) if we didn't know we needed it (laughs) So many, so many but, Netflix shows you can watch <laughs> before you're ready to move on to something less taxing. Yeah, so reading a book is more difficult than watching a, a TV series, but it ultimately is way more rewarding. And when you're really into a book, it's like, like there's another thing yes. on TikTok that is um, books I've read that I didn't even make me feel like I was reading. And that, and yes. we all know that feeling That's that when cool. you get really into a book you don't even your your brain goes to this really interesting space where you're not even feel you don't feel like you're reading at all yeah and and as I'm sure you're similar to me I've read for such a long time I'm a really quick reader so I can sit there and you know read a book in four hours if I if I really love it I don't even see those four hours go by and that was another interesting thing I think about lockdown as well is we're all so looking for ways to move time along quite quickly I was so I, I mean, I confess, I started playing The Sims because I was like, what makes time go fast? I remember when I was 16 and I used to get shouted out for playing The Sims, I'm going to do it again. But reading has a similar kind of hypnosis to it that it kind of, you can just forget that you were even reading. And I think that's another gift. Um, if you'll allow me to just diverge on discoverability, actually. Another thing that I haven't talked about with TikTok is what they call the For You page. So when you load TikTok, it loads up your For You page. And there's a hashtag called um, FYP that any user can use. And it puts things on this For You page. So as I was talking about the algorithm, the For You page generally is based on your search history, your algorithms, the things you've liked, the things you've watched. So essentially you could just sit on your for you page for hours and never have to do lift a finger you know, <laughs> to find content but what I think right. that's done for books is that you know people sadly probably weren't searching for book content online but because of this gift of this hashtag for you page FYP you know that meant I think that some book stuff got highlighted to people who might not have naturally been looking for book content So if you are not a reader, but you're browsing through and you get served this kind of piece of content that looks, as we've said, for all intents and purposes, like it could be a film or something very visual, that could get you to think, hmm, I'm interested in in what I've seen and maybe I'll look at the BookTok hashtag and see what else is out there. So it's got a very unique discoverability in that sense that I think other platforms aren't sophisticated enough to have. My general thing is like, is just, I'm really interested to see where it goes. And I think we are at an infancy of this phenomena. And I I think there's so much more. I would encourage people to use TikTok because it's amazing. And um, you can mm-hmm. find, you can find such interesting people and content and recommendations and experiences on there. Um, so I, I, it doesn't need any more promotion than it's already getting. But I think if you are a person who naturally thinks you wouldn't enjoy it, I, I would say I think you'd find something on there that you would. But um, 
I think I think that's enough. That's it for now. I just I'm just so pleased the books are cool and getting some recognition, you know, beyond the work that we do, you know, to market them. Well, let's hope that commerce doesn't wreck it. <laughs> let's hope. I think we've got a year yet, hopefully, of of quite pure content. Fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, and, and the more that we as publishers, marketers, book lovers, the more we can kind of, I think, support this trend of young people coming to books, then that can only be good for all of us in the community. That's great. Well, uh, I'm so glad we got to spend more than 30 seconds to talk. <laughs> yeah, that, this is definitely long form. <laughs> so Kat McKenna, maybe you could do the extra what you do, how people get a hold of you, but uh, if you want them to. Yes. So I am um, on where all good people are on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Kat McKenna underscore. You can find me at katmckenna.com and you can email me at cat at katmckenna.com. It's all very easy. Um, and I am always, I'm always around, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And love helping people with their social media um, and marketing. Yeah. Very good, Kat. Thank you so much. It was very, very informative. Thank you for having me. I've loved it.